The Richmond Theatre Critics Circle. Curtain Call. A discussion of all things theatre, with Richmond critics and occasional guests. Welcome to Curtain Call, Act 7, Scene 3. I'm Jerry Williams from Sifter. Susie Hobbenstock from BroadwayWorld.com. Julinda Lewis with RVA Art Review. Julie Turner from Inquiry. And Claire Boswell. First thing we want to talk about is Every Brilliant Thing, which is an illuminated stage theater company production at the Perkinson Center for the Arts and Education. It actually runs through October 3rd. This shows one character creates a list of positives that help her cope with her mother's suicidal depression. This was an immersive experience. As people walked in, they received a slip of paper with a quote on it and a number. And when Lou Keaton called out the number during the show, people would shout it out or read it out. It was, uh, it was fun. Julie, I think it's interesting that you mentioned how much fun it was since the whole play is about suicidal depression. Absolutely, but, um, yeah. <laughs> Amazingly enough, Louise Keaton made this not only immersive, but extremely entertaining. And I found that it was the perfect vehicle for her because she brought such life to this character. She embodied it so well that I developed a whole new respect for her as an artist. I absolutely agree with you, Jalinda. I think she had great presence, particularly when she was the younger narrator and just vulnerable. They brought people on stage playing various characters that she can interact with. And she did that beautifully. There were some very lovely moments, unscripted. By far the best thing I've seen Lou do here. I agree that she was absolutely effervescent and made it a very warm and embracing afternoon. And the director of the show is Julie Fulcher Davis. It's one of those shows where you almost can see her direction. I mean, she obviously directed it and it's very well done, but it was transparent. So it felt more simple and effective that it was really more conversation. And I agree that Louise had a wonderful, easy rapport with the audience that made it so enjoyable. And I think it sat well in that space too. It's a beautiful new facility. It was my first time being there. And I really am looking forward to seeing some other shows there. Yeah. All right. Well, we won't recommend everybody to go see Every Brilliant Thing if you've got a chance before it closes on October 3rd down at the Perkinson Center for the Arts and Education by the Illuminated Stage Theater Company. And speaking of October 3rd, we're going to do a quick pivot over to the show that actually opened last year, the weekend before everything shut down for COVID at Cadence Theater called Small Mouth Sounds. So four of us saw it last time. But only two have seen that production and the new production, which opened last weekend. So we're going to let Claire and Julinda talk about Small Mouth Sounds at Cadence. I really, really enjoyed this production both times. It's an excellent ensemble piece. And in the reboot of this show, one role, which was originally played by Adam Valentine, he's been replaced because he's in, I think, graduate school, which is awesome. Um, But he's been replaced with Evan Nastas. You know, I don't think it's a matter of like comparing who did a better job, but they're like sort of two different versions of the character. And I thought that was really cool and exciting to see the whole cast responding to a slightly different version of that character. And even though the cast was pretty much the same, I had a different feeling from the the two times. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I felt was that Jenny Hunley had really grown into her role. I agree. I thought that she'd really grown into her role and also Maura Mazarowski. Her character felt deeper. Really, there was more depth to the entire show because of what we've all been through in the 
in the interim, right? Right. Um, and there were small changes there too, right? Like the like the, the wearing the mask at the beginning and passing the. But I absolutely agree, Jolinda. I think a lot of the performances deepen. Jolinda and Claire have been talking about small mouth sounds, which is back after a hiatus for COVID at Cadence Theater through October third. We're going to talk now about Vincent River, which is playing at Richmond Triangle Players through October 10th. A 16-year-old turns up at a woman's flat explaining that he was the person who found her recently slain son. Oh, yes. And he was also gay. Well, it is at Triangle Players after all. So what did y'all think of this production? I thought it got off a little bit to a sort of a rocky start, but it actually began to grow on me. I just want to jump in here and say, I really didn't like the play itself. I thought it just wasn't focused. And I think that didn't help with the two actors who are both very talented. I did felt like you did. It got off to a very rocky start. I felt like they kind of felt unmoored. I don't feel like they felt solid in the production. Maybe they needed more rehearsal. My other takeaway is that Vinny Gonzalez, who was the director, he kept the pacing kind of the same dull roar the whole show. It never picked up. And of course, in that last scene, which we don't want to say too much about the big monologue that's supposed to rivet us and tear us apart, was at that same slow pace the whole time. It never built to any kind of climax. And I think some of those things are are directorial. There just wasn't the, the cohesiveness of the production. And it Like I said, it may grow into it. I had problems with the play. I had problems with the cast. I thought Jill Barry Steinberg was amazing. For me, she was that woman up on the stage 100%. Keaton Hillman, who I do like very much, I just didn't think it was the right role for him. He didn't look the right age. He didn't look the right degree of frailty that I thought he needed to look as a a young and really jittery kid. To me, the, the play had the vice that I hate most in all drama, the most overused. Everybody get drunk and tell your secrets. I mean, I'm, I'm over it. I'm done. Oh, and stoned and take pills. They did it all. And that was another thing that was kind of weird is they would have been falling asleep and they still acted for another 30, 45 minutes. Do you think this is primarily the fault of the script? I think that you could tell where it was going. Like you could tell that it was going to become that kind of play from the very beginning. And so what did they have to build toward if I could tell automatically what this story was going to be? And I will say that even with a huge script problem, I think everybody involved did their best with what they had. I agree that Jill Barry Steinberg's performance was pretty amazing. I actually think Keaton Hillman did a great job. He just doesn't look like a 16-year-old. I thought the set design was really nicely done. I thought it looked a little over-distressed. I mean, it obviously was supposed to look like it was run down, and I thought it was almost stylized. You know, that would have been fine if the show was stylized, but it was a little more over-the-top than reality, I thought. So what did you think of their British accents? I thought they did a pretty good job with that. I thought she nailed it. I'm not sure Keaton did as well, but I thought he did pretty darn well. Sometimes they came and went, and I just really didn't feel like Steinberg's always flowed naturally. It didn't. It felt like she was using an accent. We have been talking about Vincent River, which is playing at Richmond Triangle Players through October 10th. Yeah, we have now whittled it down from five to three of us. Jolinda, Susie, and I are going to talk about War in Pieces, which is playing at Firehouse Theater through October 30th. Now, this project originally started 19 months ago, but like most everything else, it was delayed by COVID. A group of people worked with four veterans to create the short plays that reflect their own experiences in the military. And then before each short play, they were on screen and video talking a little bit about either their experience in the military or their experience writing the play. 
So since there are four different plays, we really don't have time to go deeply into each one. And there were four very different plays, too, four very different approaches and very different points of view, which was interesting. What did you all think of the overall effect? Well, I was going to say that each of them could have been done as a standalone. But by putting them together, they got a chance to call it a festival, and it gave you different perspectives. So I thought that was kind of interesting. I like seeing them together and, and comparing them that way. I also noticed that this particular show seemed to bring some people to the theater who don't usually come to the theater. Very good point. Yeah. And we had two that were Vietnam era and we had two that were Iraq era, all different subjects handled differently. I actually thought the clips uh, introducing each one were extremely interesting. I think the overall set was just the stage with a bunch of camouflage netting draped around and then a few military type crates that they moved around to use for stuff. And then there were some projections occasionally. There were other outstanding moments in the lighting. I think he did a really, a really wonderful job that brought these four productions together. That lighting designer was Andrew Bonnewell. There were four different directors. We should probably mention that as well. And a cast of 10 that was shared by all four of these one-act plays. And they were all very strong. It was interesting. There were three or four young men I've never seen on stage before. At least I hadn't seen them very often if I have. And I was like, oh, this is some fresh talent. I must point out that one of those young men was one of our very first RTCC mentees. Yes. Yes. Makai Walker was my mentee last year. Wow. We're not obviously not going into detail on these, but I will say that I think this was really commendable and interesting as an experiment for self-expression. It was not really as much about powerful theater, although it was very well done. I thought all four of them had very strong elements to them. Uh, it was more about experiencing what these people had experienced. I think it was a very dramatic and, and powerful show. I thought it was an amazing take on storytelling. The stories were very, very powerful. And as far as I can remember, it's the first time I've gone to the theater where you you had a disclaimer at the beginning about possible flashbacks for the veterans in the audience. So we've been talking about War in Pieces, which is playing at Firehouse Theater through October 30th. That's it for this week's Curtain Call. Now that the seasons are cranking up, we'll be back in two weeks with more reviews. For extended podcasts and complete reviews, visit the Richmond Theatre Critics Circle website at artsies.org.